Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Definitely wish we weren't um, getting so many reps at uh, the situational master side of things, but we put a huge emphasis on it from day one. Um, something we talk about every single week, uh, different situations that not only come up for our football team, but uh, for everybody else around the league that can be real learning ops for our team. Uh, just so when those moments come up, uh, there's very little thinking uh, that goes into it and more reacting and playing. Uh, and hopefully we've given our guys, uh, uh, you know, plays and, and schematics that allow them to just play in those moments and be at their best. Oh, inject it. Inject it straight into my veins. I love the coat. I love the coat. Second consecutive week. He's got that, like, vest jacket with the cutoff arms. It's a just vest? a good look. The vest, yeah. I... A vest. <laughs> well, it, it looks like a coat. <laughs> but he doesn't wear it inside. It's a basically this, a coat vest. It's like an innovative jacket with I like love it. sleeves cut off. It's a coat vest. It's a vest. Yeah, it's a vest. I think I'm with Declan on this one. I don't think it's a vest. I think a vest is something that you wear inside. It's a coat vest. No, a vest is something without sleeves. Right? Yes. It's coat. Can we get some clarification? It's a coat. I also I also love the breakdown of situational football. Is there anything yeah. better than situational football? Nothing's more important. Nothing's more important because football, by its nature, the definition of football is situational. Dude, third downs, red area. I love how coaches call it the red area, too. It's not the red zone. The red area. Because when they don't score, they get the red ass. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, All right. Well, this is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy speculation. And uh, over on Purple Daily, we have... Even uh, more Vikings conversations, you can find that. That's our other daily show. But uh, every week, well, most weeks during the season, we welcome our guy. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know. He is a draft aficionado who has correctly predicted multiple Vikings draft picks over the last few years. He is none other than Randy Vikes 69 on Twitter. Randy in Cottage Grove. Thank you. Uh, buddy, we missed you last week after Thank a big you. Vikings win in London. We we missed you. Well, that, uh, first of all, that that game was great because we got to, you know, as you know, I, the bar opened up a little early, mm. a lot a lot early, four, uh, four or five hours early. And uh, but I, we stayed to watch the whole slate all the way through Sunday night. And uh, it was, it, it got a little, it got a little rowdy. To, have to be completely honest, because we we had the dominant victory, obviously in Denver, 
or uh, what, whatever it's called, uh, London. And then we watched the Bronco game later, and it was really, uh, it was really a treat. It was really a treat to just kind of go into a week and know that there was going to be some studs, but that I didn't get to d- deliver them because of a legal matter that I had to spend oh. some time in in court, uh, in the courtroom. But the, the I believe it is finally resolved and and behind me, and I can get my good name back and uh, return to work. Uh, I mean, we don't want to pry too much, but are you? Is every is everything okay? I did happen a few years ago. Uh, the place I used used to have employment with uh, with a sort of a coworker who was a fan of the Packers, Packer fan, and uh, something that happened, incident that happened at work. And I, it, you know, I had to go to court in a civil suit to to get it my good name back, and and uh, had to plead uh, guilty, oh. and I, I did do it. But what I disagreed with was the impl- uh, insinuation that he had no role in the matter. He's a loudmouth. He, he gets a chirping and yapping, and and, uh, and I I took it matters into my own hands, and I'll admit it. And now it's behind us, and hopefully I can be, you know, get my license back as well. Oh, yeah. What did you do when you say took matters into your own hands, Randy? I, I, I enhanced his beverage with urine. What? 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 I, I peed in his coffee. That's what you get when you when you when you chirp and yap and chirp and yap. You, you're gonna you're gonna get in, but it's sterile, by the way. You're in well, it's sterile. Good. That was part of my my argument. You can drink someone else's pee; it's fine. I mean, you don't want to, <laughs> but it's just. It's Wait, just did gross. he? Okay, did you? Was it like a? Okay, I have so many questions now. Um, what was the beverage that this Packer fan was drinking, and how long did it take him or her to to realize that there was uh, an additive? substance in there he's a guy he's a bozo he's drinking coffee and he put so much sweet stuff in it that he didn't even know it wasn't until a long time later that everyone was laughing and laughing at a at at, at a web uh, the bar and they they all looking at me and laughing and i said don't tell him and they told him and then i got i got i got put on a leave of absence for a long time and now i'm hoping i can can start having some income again because the mocking doesn't pay why well, I, I just I, I would it would be a shame, real shame, if this somehow we should put a put an end to this before it starts for this to become a trend. Okay, I would hate for this to become a thing. So just a public service announcement, Vikings fans out there, Mackie and Jeb, Purple Day listeners, we do not condone peeing in the beverages of your Packer friend, uh, Packer fan friends, coworkers, or family members. Okay. You pee in another cup and you dump it in. That's the way you get it in. No, no, Randy, we're not looking for instructions. Yeah. So have you been fired from this job, or are you hoping to actually return to the previous employer? I'm, I hope, I, I'm hoping to go back, and I was given a, what they call a, ga- a gag order to not talk about the person's name. Okay, I was, was going to say to not, to not uh, talk about what... The person who you yeah. peed in their cup okay. was also had a gag Hopefully order. we're not uh, making it worse here. He's a bozo. He's a bozo, and he knows Rogers is circling the drain. This guy, he's you know, he's dating a witch. What yes. is this about? He is dating a witch. I don't know if he's she's a, a he's witch. A, I think she's he doesn't just, care oh, about she's football. I think she's into yoga. I think that's. I think that's. Well, that, what, she, she's, maybe a she's, couple of she's, things. She's, she's weird, and weird. and he's weird, and he doesn't care about football. And that team is circling the drain. And uh, uh, they, I guess, they didn't need uh, Devante, 
So you 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 go you, you know, Chad, you go ahead and I mean the guy his name can't <laughs> no we we can we'll chat. edit that out for you don't worry you go ahead and and keep chapping chir- chirping and yapping just violated yeah I mean Bob Bob gag John, order John violated. Doe John Doe I guess is the okay but that's why I know stable so it uh, that now it didn't right. just cost me my job it cost three guys at recognition from from London. Well, I mean, it's up to you what you want to do with this week's stud stable. Do you just want to focus it on uh, the the victory over the Bears? I mean, I guess if you've got two weeks to, yeah, to we'll, make up we'll for go, it. We'll go with the, with the Bears, but I might have a bonus uh, stud this week. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Would you like your music? All right, well, yeah, let's fire up the music here. And before we get to the stud stable, uh, this particular stud stable is presented by our friends over at Spiral Light Candles, Judd. The Victory Candle has the been Victory lit three candle. weeks in a row. That's exactly, exactly right. And, yes, uh, Spiral Light Candles, a great gift. I mean, a great gift, a great candle. So if you're shopping for a present for uh, mom or your girlfriend or wife for the birthday anniversary it's great but i want to talk to you about the purple positivity candle because the purple positivity candle which debuted this season is clearly very good luck so if you are a fan of the purple and and you know what things get a little intense around the house on game day you're nervous you're pacing around spiral light candles purple positivity candle will calm you down it's perfect spirallightcandles.com spirallightcandles.com check them out all right, let's get it. All right, Randy, if you're ready, then let's fire up here uh, another stud stable. This is the Week 5 stud stable from our friend Randy Vikes, 69 on Twitter, Randy in Cottage Grove. This is Week 5. Uh, we beat the Bears. We improved to 4-1, and one, and uh, it's going to keep on trucking. Two weeks ago, I said we're not going to lose for a while. It's been two in a row now. And uh, I'll tell you right now, 100%, this guy has had a long journey so far getting getting to be the point in the NFL where you can call him the, 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 the S-word, the four-letter S-word that I, I'm about to call him because he makes his first appearance, I believe, in the, the stable. And this is Christian Derrissaw. Christian, you are handling men out there. You are an absolute anchor. You're the kind of guy who could be a 10-year tackle, mm-hmm. the kind of guy that people like to look at and say, He's got a little something. He's got a little bit of something, and he might be an all-pro, maybe even this year. But for now, this week, Christian, against the Bears, you are a stud. Yes. Love it. Yes. Zero pressures allowed. Zero pressures allowed this week, Randy. Here's another guy, and you might be, you might, I bet uh, Quessy gets a few funny little texts from Rick Spielman this week because he's another uh, guy that Rick drafted who's starting to look really good. I mean, I mean, really good. And that's a guy who, you know, who knew? Who knew? Maybe it was a scheme thing, too. But right now, he, he's someone who I want in my corner. I want covering those number one uh, wide wideouts. And that's a guy who, right now, really saved the game for us because he pulled it away from uh, ISM, as they call him, uh, Smith Marcetti. And, 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 and he did, you know, he knew what to do. He knew he'd be loose and jocking that ball around to the side. He, he snagged it. And that's Cameron Dantzler. Cameron Dantzler, you are a super stud. Yes. Love it. And here's a guy who hasn't yet made an appearance in the stud stable this year. He made the dud stable, but he did a pretty good job, a pretty good job on Sunday. Partly because of the bonus guy you're about to hear. But right now, I'm going to give this guy credit. 
he, he executed the game plan put in front of him. And I, I do like that. I still want him to cuss more. But right now, for this week, Kirk Cousins, you are a super duper stud. Yeah, I'd like him to cuss more, too, to be honest with you. I think I, I'm in lockstep with Randy here. Just you just a sprinkling of F-bombs once in a while would really take his game to the next level. And this week, we get a bonus. Partly because the thing with Chad and everything goofed up my London one. We'll I edit mean, that out, with too. The guts, but the bonus bonus stud is, is going to be also a tie for super-duper stud, and that is KOC. KOC, you are the guy who gets everyone moving around. If you look at footage of the Zim era versus now, there's so much more happening. There's so many more layers. Everyone's running on different levels. There's little jukes. There's flea flicks. It didn't work, but it got me snug. And this week, KOC, you put an old number eight in a position to succeed with no risky throws, basically. And that, and you, by the way, you can cuss too, KOC. I've heard it. And this week, you are a tie for super duper stud. And he's gone. All right. He's just gone. That's it. (laughs) So, in other words, um, uh, Chad might actually, there might be more trouble now that that he has uh, dropped a name that he was not supposed to drop. We'll edit that out, too. Or not. Do you want to know Chad's last name? I'd I'd be curious. What what if we surprised Randy? (laughs) I don't want to get him in trouble. By Chad. What if we brought him on and allowed him to duke it out on the show? Oh, boy. We should do that, yeah. So just but surprise him too. Be, be like, you know, before we start, oh, that'll the, go well. Stud yeah. stable. Let's get. I can't imagine, you know, putting urine in someone's cup as like a as a slam. That like it would. I I don't have like many mortal enemies that I could think of. Like I would love to put that in their in their own beverage. Well, two questions off that. If you did it, would you get more satisfaction if they drank the rest of the cup and didn't find out, or would you want them to find out so that they knew? What would what would satisfy that's actually, you? That's a good curveball. I think the first. I think the, I, I would want them not to know that they just drank my urine. So it's just your own little yep. sort of dominant pride, pride. secret there. Pride. Yeah, I Give just me the dominated pride. you. Give me the pride. You just drank a full cup of it's my One of those urine. things I've never even thought about. Well, now you do. Well, let me plant this one in your head. Do you think so at any point in your life, someone at a restaurant behind the scenes has done something to your food and oh, you ate it? 1,000%. Yeah. Most definitely, yeah. yeah. Easily. And you know what? It doesn't bother me. I have never once sent kind food back. Me. I have. I, I could have ordered the complete wrong thing. I will never, ever send food back. You know what? I've got a weird one here because it's the one thing, like a lot of stuff bugs me, but this one thing doesn't, and I don't know why, and it's some type of flaw in my brain. You know what doesn't bug me? And, and it can't be a lot, but if you find a stray hair in your food, it doesn't bother me, what? and I don't know why. Dude, that is <laughs> preposterous, John. That I know. is so gross. I'm telling you, I just said it's a flaw in my brain. Like, if I find, like, a hair, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Pick it up. I know. Okay. You're saying. I'm not saying it's normal. I'm saying it doesn't bother me, and I don't know why. Well, there's different kinds of hair, though, that I want to. Oh. oh, yeah. So if you okay. find a strand of, like, someone's. If we, let's long, say. Like, if it's a long hair. Let's say. That's disgusting. But it's a little bit more passable than if it is a oh, shorter hair. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying, okay, let's just go through this quickly. Restaurant, blonde, waitress, find a long blonde hair that's obviously just fallen out and into my food. It doesn't bother me. What if it's a gray hair? No, if it, I'm selling one hair, it doesn't bother me, and it's very weird. I don't know why. 
Uh, I guess I'm, I'm not more, defending I, myself. I'm kind of with Declan in that it takes a lot for me to send food back. Like if you know if my if the inside of the burger is bleeding I, or something, yeah, or if the I've never if there's like back. salmonella drops inside the chicken breast, I'll probably send it back. One time I did find a ha- there was a hairpin in a burger that I was eating, like literally okay. someone's hairpin. Okay, that's sent weird. that one back. That was a while yeah. ago. You know what? My my old man would send food back if it wasn't warm enough. I've never it's never bothered me. So he definitely had people that spit or uh, well, yeah. scratch themselves and, and it's like. A, that, but I mean, have have you ever gotten food and it's not been up to your standards of warm and you've like sent it back? I eat pretty much anything. Uh, yep. my, yeah, me too. I kidding? It doesn't. No. It doesn't bother me unless there's a gigantic cluster of hair. In which case, well, if there's I, a cluster of hair, I probably. I'm just saying that's a very weird thing about me, and I don't know why it doesn't bug me anymore. Anyways, all right. Uh, let me ask you this Vikings question here. Now Which that we know that about, sorry. hey, if you're a waiter or a waitress out there, you've got some liberty to, uh, you know, hover over Judd's food with <laughs> hair. If you're a bearded, if you're I, a bearded man, I don't you can want just dandruff. Scratch don't your do beard dandruff. over the food. No dandruff. Yeah, a little dandruff snow snowstorm <laughs> over Judd's uh, chicken. Would you Alfredo. like some pepper? No. Would you like some dandruff? Sure. <laughs> dandruff snowstorm. Is that enough? Be great. Tell me when. What um. What is we're all very high on the Vikings so far this year. You know, Randy just gave his stud stable. What is your favorite thing you've seen out of the Vikings so far this season? Oh, for me it's very very simple. It's the it's the evolution uh, on a weekly basis of an offense that I had grown to absolutely abhor for the most part. Like I mean the in the what we saw last year in scripted plays, and then after that drove you crazy, right? Because it's like, oh, there's a there's a lot of possibility here. No, there's not. We're just going to do this, you know. Second and eighteen, consistently giving the ball to Dalvin. Uh, so yeah, it's not hard. I I love to see the fact that O'Connell is bringing concepts here that are fun to watch. Like that's the thing is, I want the games to be fun because I know that they're not going to be entirely and this is a league wide thing, well played. But, like, can you make it fun? Can you make it interesting? So, slam dunk offense. Similar to Judd, yeah, just what the personnel they're doing and just changing up their philosophies. You know, I talked a little bit, I think, on Purple Daily last week um, when Phil was out and then also on the state of our offense, just that they're using three wide receivers. They're using 11 personnel. They're actually the best first and 10 team in the NFL in terms of yards gained and first down this season. And a lot of that is because they are opting to pass the ball and they're having people on the football field that have put them in good positions to move the chains down the field. So just little subtle things like that and embracing offense and getting with the times in the NFL. You might have one of the top five running backs in the league in Dalvin Cook, but that doesn't mean you have to give it to him. It doesn't mean you have to continually pound it down their throat with Dalvin Cook. Mix it up. You have the personnel on offense to do so. That's probably what I've been very most impressed with so far. I This is going to sound really stupid, but... I just love the vibes. I think I think the the vibe around this team just feels so different and lighter, and you know it 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 just felt like God. Mike Zimmer just looked stressed. You know the guy had a, everything, even just from like his appearance, just the the red faced scowl, and he's just he's mad all the time, and he's like, when did Mike Zimmer ever have fun at a press conference the last couple of years too? You know, it's just like guy, it's. I get that it's kind of stressful, but at the end of the day, you make a ton of money to do what you want to do for a living. There's no way to make it kind of fun for the people in and around the organization. He just needed to take a time out and go go chill for a year before he re-entered the NFL workforce. And I, 
it may be KOC at the end of this thing. Maybe in check right. back in three or four years, maybe he'll be all stressed out too because these jobs tend to be really stressful. But everything from KOC's vibe to Kirk Cousins wearing the you know the uh, the diamond chain on the team bus or flight or whatever it was, and even when you when you look at these these videos the Vikings send out on social media from the locker room, the game ball videos that are like 60 seconds long. Mm-hmm. You got Ziggy Wilf in the background of these videos with a big goofy smile on his oh. face. It's just, you know, everything just feels like just a little lighter, a little looser, and room for guys to not be perfect but improve at the same time. So I guess I'm just kind of drinking the vibes Kool-Aid early in this season. Well, and, and it helps a lot, too, that at least um, externally – for this year, there's not expectations. Like internally, there there are, but externally, there's not, which helps because like all of that, all of that pressure is is basically off. Because I mean, I think outside of that team, there's not a big expectation of this team's going to be fit great. And so you have the you have the convergence of a coach who definitely brings a new vibe, which helps a lot. A schedule which is certainly seems to be and growing more favorable and the opportunity the opportunity to win some games and so like that's where next year i think is going to be intriguing because i think they're definitely going to come into training camp next year with national expectations and that's like another step of okay there's pressure on now i think internally they are like let's show let's show people what we can do and offensively they sure as hell have the personnel to do that yep it is kind of a in in that way it's not that there's like if the Jaguars make a playoff run, it's like, whoa, this is crazy. It wouldn't be like that if the Vikings right. continue this run. But, yeah, they weren't being talked about among the top eight to ten teams in the NFL, and now they are. So they're, they've are they kind of got this free pass to overachieve expectations here for the next three months. It's a little bit like, if I dare I say, the 2019 Twins. Rocco first year, things were fun. That team, that team, was, that team got pretty tight. They... They had one specific area at which they thrived, which, which was for them home runs. So, like, it feels a little bit like that because that was all to me unexpected success that became more fun. Yeah, and it was it was a super fun team to root for. This mm-hmm. team, if this team feels a lot more fun to root for than a lot of previous Vikings teams because of because of vibes, really. Like yes. the head coach is just a likable guy who seems to connect well with people. And maybe I'm just like misremembering here, uh, copyright Roger Clemens or Andy Pettit, whichever one of those guys said the word misremember. But the Vikings have put out a couple of videos. There was one in particular this week where I think the kid's name was Charlie and he blew the he blew the horn before yeah. the game at the stadium, but then they they put a video out and his make a wish wish was to play catch on a football field with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So he had like a Vikings uniform on and mm-hmm. and Kevin O'Connell had like prepared notes that he was kind of like addressing the team hey everyone this is charlie and you know he's going through this battle and we can all pull some inspiration from charlie and he's like he's explaining to the whole organization who charlie is and hey hey buddy you want to here's adam thielen and he's super engaged in it this is an unfair question because maybe he did and i'm just but like how often did you see videos like that of mike zimmer just like hey like let's do something fun bring in a kid i'm sure he did some stuff like that but was it yeah I don't know that they did as much with it though, and and the thing that I will give o- O'Connell across the board is he is a really good public speaker, very good. Like yes. he is off the charts, damn damn near. He's one of the best I've seen, especially for a new guy. 
There's never nerves. He's always well-spoken. And the message is always, like, right on point. Like, he rambles on, but it's still on point, if that makes yes. sense. He's control. He is in control. He's good. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. You know, sometimes coaches can get, like, really reactive, and he just – and, again, maybe he will be reactive at some point if the pressure cranks up, but, but like, he's, he's in control now. Dan Campbell is likable, but he's incredibly intense, right? And, like, you can feel the and, – and it's funny, but I'm just saying O'Connell's intense, but, like, his post-game stuff where, where he is uh, – he awards the game balls, mm-hmm. it's really good, too. Like, it's not like this – Ah, it's like this. Okay, we did this, we did that, and bleeping did this. It's really, it's just well done by it's him. Good, it's good vibes. Mm-hmm. It is. It's good vibes. No, you're right about that. The vibes have totally changed. Yeah. So, um, all right. Speaking of vibes, uh-huh. let's uh, let's talk about another team here that is about to start its season in eight days, going through its preseason now. And I'm not talking about the Wild, who you guys will be. We'll be doing a lot of Wild stuff. You guys have your Judd's Hockey Show, which people can find on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed, Judd's Hockey Show podcast feed, and the Score North YouTube channel. Uh, I'm talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves, who start their season on Wednesday, October 19th, at home against Oklahoma City. I think they have a couple preseason games left. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they got dusted one here off, against Brooklyn, don't they? Yep. They okay. dusted off Carl Anthony Towns for the first time since his... Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, but like the guy was in the hospital yeah, and lost a bunch hey, Carl, of weight come stuff. here. And, and so they ran him out in the preseason game. Put my Wolves bib on for this conversation. Please Keeping do. Wolves. Okay. That would be great. Uh, another shameless plug, you can check out the Flagrant Howls podcast, which begins recording twice a week here later this month, myself and Kyle Tige. And uh, you can find that on all the same channels I just mentioned. So I have for you a pecking order of the five things I am most curious about going into this Timberwolves season. If I may indulge you, feel free to stop me throughout this. We can discuss each of these meat and potatoes. Well, we yeah. let's go. All right. These are, I guess these are in order from like the, the first one is going to be the thing I am the most interested in. And then, and there's more than five, but you know, we're, we got other things to record and do around here. So I'm going to just stop myself at five. Let's start with the number one thing that I am the most curious about. Anthony Edwards, this dude is built like a brick house now. Mm-hmm. He looks taller. So I think he's bigger than Nas Reed now. And Nas Reed is a power forward slash center. Mm-hmm. It looks like he grew an inch or two. I don't know what he's going to be listed at going into the season, but he was listed weight-wise at 225, I think, last year. He's got to be 235, maybe. Two. I mean, he looks like an NFL tight end in a basketball uniform, but also the most athletic player on the court with almost any nine guys he is standing out there with. Mm -hmm. And it's preseason, it's early, but the way he's going into traffic in the lane and converting at the rim, the way he he knocked down a couple mid-range shots too, like he obviously went into the offseason. In addition to doing the Adam Sandler movie and some other stuff, turning 21 years old, and he busted his ass in the gym behind the scenes, and he just looks, he looks like he did the last few months. So is there a third-year leap to be had here for Anthony Edwards? If the physique and the attack mode in the preseason are any indication, the answer is yes. But that is the number one thing I'm the most curious about going into the season. I would love to know in retrospect now when it, in regards to Ant, how it, ever got, um, how it ever got out or why there was a thought process that he might not love basketball. 
Yeah. Like this whole thing, he's going to be like Wiggy. And by the, you know, and I know he won a championship, but you know, he's, he, he's a guy that could drive you crazy. Um, since Ant got here, has he ever not shown a desire to win or be the best possible? No. And on the Wiggy comparisons, you know, like, yeah, and their frames are different, but Andrew Wiggins has had almost a decade to put on muscle in the NBA and he barely has. Anthony Edwards is already one of the thickest and strongest players in the entire league going into year three. And I would compare Ant as far as desire from what we've seen, at least more to, uh, to, uh, Justin Jefferson, he seems to have that same type of desire to be great. Because, I mean, Jefferson works his ass off, too. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. But, I mean, there was this whole thing about, you know, be careful. He might love football more than basketball. He might not love basketball. I don't think we've seen that once since the guy got here. Well, yeah. And I, this so. is where I'm – and Kyle on Flagrant House has been trying to – he's been my therapist on this. I say, listen, I have like 30-plus years of Timberwolves PTSD built up. They've had one real franchise player, like Hall of Fame level franchise player that can really carry things, and that's Kevin Garnett. And they've had cracks at other ones. They've whiffed on Derek Williams. They've whiffed on all these big picks, right? They've Kevin Love was really good, but not quite that guy. Carl Anthony Towns is really good, but not quite that guy. And I and I keep telling him, I see Anthony Edwards in a vacuum and think oh, my God, this guy is going to be one of the three best players in the NBA. Look at his physique. Look at his skill set. Look at everything, his personality. He, he in a vacuum, is destined to be one of the faces of the NBA soon. But then I go outside the vacuum and put him in the context of Timberwolves history, and it, I can't help but feel a little bit uh, angsty about, oh, but is he going to hit some weird glass ceiling because Timberwolves? And Kyle says, dude, you got to move past that. It's a, it, it's a different it's a different time. You've got different people that are kind of running the franchise now with Mark Laurie and, and now uh, uh, Tim Connolly. So I don't know. Is, is my angst over like just Timberwolves yeah, history no, yeah, leaking yeah, in yeah, here? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Teggy's exactly right. You, you got to put that behind. I, I mean, short of him suffering a, a catastrophic injury of some sort, which would be incredibly wolves like, but I mean, there's nothing that I see that stops him. That's going to stop him from being, I, I love how he's wired and I think he's going to be fantastic. And yes, I do not think he's going to fall into the wolves who just w- went off a cliff and you really can't explain why in retrospect. Yeah. I'm with Kyle okay. on this. Number two, the number two thing I'm the most curious about here in this pecking order, the hidden value of Rudy Gobert. Cause you can kind of, you know, you duck uh, in on jazz games over the years and you, you see him and, or you see like a big block and a highlight or uh, an alley-oop or something, you know, like a lob. But he's the type of guy that I think we're going to learn so much about watching him in longer form. So go, go watch him for 38 minutes in a game or go watch him for two months to start the season. Mm-hmm. And he played his first preseason game for the Wolves against the Lakers a few nights ago. And I told this to Kyle on Flagrant Halls, and I'll, I'll lay it out for you guys. I've I have said for months that, Gobert gets the short end of the stick sometimes. Like the commentary surrounding the trade is like, how could you give that much up for Rudy Gobert? I mean, let me look at, he doesn't really give you anything offensively. And yeah, he like rebounds and stuff. But people, if you can't see it with your own eyes in a box score, or if it's not an offensive thing that you can quantify, uh, that guy knocked down five threes tonight. Oh, you know, sometimes it's hard to put what Gobert does in a box. And there was a play against the Lakers 
What's that music, by the way? Is that Declan? Oh, I don't know what's playing. <laughs> I'm trying to get a nice NBA TNT bed for for because we have the hockey bed, we have the football bed. So I was trying to oh. find a nice NBA TNT bed, oh. and I was making is, sure that the loop was. A what is that I guy did. on the left, left doing? Do, they, they ask, and oh, I he say he's just sabotaging. Right. He's tired of the. <laughs> Wolves top five list, and so he's sabotaging. I'm tired of the NFL bed. I want another bed for, for basketball. Because we had the hockey one and the football one, so I, I found a basketball one. But that, that's what I was doing. There you go. I got you. We got one for right here. Good attitude. Wolves are playing basketball. Season's going to start. And so, okay. There was a play against the Lakers. The Lakers yeah. have the ball offensively. Rudy Gobert is in the paint with his 17-foot wingspan, right? Yep. Just yep. a praying mantis of defense. And a Lakers player dribbles up and attempts at first to attack the paint and then realizes, like happens so many times against Rudy Gobert, oh, God, Rudy Gobert is in the paint. I'm going to pull up now for a jump shot from 15 feet or so, like just off the elbow. And Gobert puts his hand. He didn't, like, contest the shot directly, but he kind of, like, had his hands up in the paint. So Lakers player airballs a shot from 15 feet. Airballs a professional basketball player, airballs a shot from 15 feet because Gobert was, like, in the paint. Yeah. I think a Lakers player got the rebound, and if I remember right, Gobert turning around toward that player caused him to miss the putback. No block, so two misses, but no block, and then Gobert grabs the defensive rebound. So on that play, you had his presence alone derails the Lakers' offensive possession, causes an air ball on a 15-footer, mm-hmm. then causes a miss on a putback, again because of fear of him blocking a shot, and he winds up with one stat on that play, and it was a defensive rebound. But he made like three or four different things happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I guess I'm excited to sort of watch the hidden value of Rudy Gobert play out over the course of games and the season. It's going to be fun to watch. And there also is an expectation that he can do more offensively as well, correct? That, that the Jazz didn't really call on him to do, but he can do here potentially. Like I'm, I'm curious to see as well off that point how much potentially more there is to his game here too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think it's probably a ton. But, I mean, he probably is going to be allowed to do some things on the offensive end here that the Jazz didn't ask him to to do. I think, ultimately, the most interesting thing is if this works as planned, the MVP of this team is really going to be Chris Finch. Because he's the master. He's Mm -hmm. the guy with with the chess pieces. And, I I mean, he's really good at this. But, I mean, if he can get these pieces to all work on both ends of the floor... Um, we're talking, we are talking coach of the year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very possible if, if everything gels together and the perception will be, wow, he got these two, he got the target centers to play together at the same time, uh-huh. whatever. Uh, and got the wolves to 50 plus wins for the first time in 18 years. And he will, he will be in the conversation. Uh, thing number three that I am most curious about this Timberwolves season, Jalen Noel, not a household name at all. I think among Timberwolves fans, he's becoming kind of a household name, but he's really, you know, he's only been playing sparingly in his three-ish years. Like, he's last year, he only averaged 15 minutes a night, only played 62 games. But if you look at his, first of all, just like based on the eye test, he can get a shot off on his own at any level. He can get to the rim. He has a mid-range game. He can shoot threes at a 40% clip. So kind of unleashing him as a sixth man off the bench, I would love to see... For the 48 minutes of the game, I would love to see some combination of Ant, D'Lo, and or Jalen Noel always on the court. Because if one of those guys is always on the court, someone can create a shot or create offense. 
And there might be a couple other guys, too, that emerge. But if, like, you're in good hands if one of those guys or two of those guys are on the court. Because if the shot clock's winding down, you don't have to, like, oh, my God, who's going to get a shot off? Mm-hmm. But per 36 minutes last year, Jalen Noel averaged 20 points, four and a half rebounds, five assists, and a steal on 48% shooting and 40% from three-point range. Mm-hmm. He's a really good offensive player, and he's yet to be unleashed. And I feel like Chris Finch, I think he kind of almost like felt bad about it last year, that it maybe should have happened last year. And now, and they have a deep team, so he's not going to just be gifted minutes, but I think they're going to start off with a plan to give him like 20 to 25 minutes off the bench as a guy that can ignite the offense with the second unit. So I'm very excited to watch him play. I go back to that like December run when basically like half the Wolves roster got COVID and they had to like basically sign Greg Monroe off the street and he comes in with like 20 minutes before game time against the Celtics and helps the Wolves for like 15, 20 minutes. But during that run that Phil's talking about where he per, per 36 minutes and, and during that run of, of, of the COVID stretch where the roster was hampered, he was their guy. Like he he had to play all those minutes and he was pretty damn solid. So like he legitimately could be a not just a slappy off the bench, like a, a legit six man of the year that could spell and knock down some big shots for you. That isn't just a chucker either Um, that that I think sometimes NBA players get kind of locked into that. I'm just going to chuck a lot of shots off the bench because this is my role kind of a thing. He's a legit guy that can actually knock down those shots. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that. Th- the good part about this is I think that to, to what Declan is saying, the uh, subtraction of Beasley and what they're going to do off the bench, I like this more. I li- and I, I know yeah. that Malik Be- is going to have a, an epic season in, in Utah, you know, <laughs> yes. meeting them with like 20 points a game. Exactly, and, and you know, he's going to be throw- throwing up shots. But, I mean, it always seemed if, – if he came into games off the bench and was hot, it was fantastic. It's great. But when he wasn't, he still was trying to make shots that, that he shouldn't have. I think Jalen Noel's a smarter player, too. So, like, I, I think that the the bench um, the bench is definitely going to be hurt by some of the subtractions in the Gobert trade. But on that one, I, I think you, you're right. I think it's a preferable now move to have Jalen Noel get more time. You know, some might say you should hit the over on Jalen Noel stats early in the season on underdog. That's right. I'm just going to throw that out there. You absolutely should. That That's uh, another fun part that not just for our sake that uh, that we get winter sports back, but now we get to actually hammer some overs and unders on the NHL and NBA season. So all those pick'em lines like to come out about uh, usually about four to five hours for, before tip-off and sometimes like to rise up. So if you see a Jalen Noel pick'em for, let's say, eight and a half points, Slam that over. You may as well, because he's going to be knocking down shots off the bench. Uh, download the Underdog Fantasy app, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. You can, you can put some over-unders on the Wolves, the Wild, the Vikings. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. Uh, shout out to our friends, too, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They have been helping keep the lights on for years here at uh, not only Score North, but at 1500 ESPN when Judd and I were doing a show four hours a day on the radio too. So thanks to their support for helping us through the last few years. And they've been helping business owners with risk management tools and resources, frontline protection for your business. Uh, Go find out more about how Federated can help elevate your business at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. All right. Uh, This pecking order has two more items left here of things I am most curious about going into the Timberwolf season that starts in a week. Number four. Can Carl Anthony Towns be more stoic when his team needs it? Mm. 
can he, <laughs> as yep. uh, as uh, Phil Jackson's mental coach once told me on a podcast, George Mumford, can he put more space between the mechanism and the response? The thing that happens, the bad call, the you know the the run by the other team, the crowd noise, an opponent getting under your skin, whatever that thing is, can he put some space between that and his reaction to it? Committing dumb offensive fouls, barreling into the lane, right? Complaining to officials, whatever it may be. Because when he's on his A game and he is playing with emotions that are sort of channeled the right way, he's one of the 15-ish best players in the NBA. But when he starts to freak out and get himself in foul trouble and lose control of his emotions, as you saw in about half of the playoff games, including the playing game against the Clippers, he can sabotage his own team. Yeah, He's no longer a 21-year-old kid. It's time to stop being a, I'll say it, a giant baby in some of these situations. Your team needs you on the court, so please get that reined in this season. Can he do it? All right, I think there's three key people here because I don't know he can by himself. Like, he's getting to an age now, because we, we keep saying this, and it's true, and yet yet in the play-in game against the Clippers, he disappeared. And then in the playoffs, for enough games that it mattered, he did the exact same yeah. thing. So, three people. Finch, Gobert, can Gobert help him? And a more mature, hopefully, Ant. Because I feel like much with Cousins, when, when it comes to this part of uh, of Cat's game, he needs help. He needs help. I don't know that he can rein himself in. I don't know that he's ever going to get there. But if you have the right support system and people around you, I think it can help. And my biggest question of those three is what does the presence of Gobert do? Does that help him? Because Gobert seems to me, unless I'm wrong about this, to be a pretty cool, calm customer. Like he doesn't look to me like he flies off the handle a ton. And so can he can those three especially help stabilize Cat? I throw, feel like D'Lo can't, so I don't uh, include him. I think I th- I He tries, think, but I feel like he can't. I've seen him try. It doesn't work very well. Well, I mean, but D'Lo's in that equation. I mean, you're kind of opening up like a leadership discussion that to fill the void of, you know, Pat Beverly was, was definitely a leader and perceived to be a leader, yeah, too. The issue with Pat Beverly is, and I loved it, but he would fly off the handle, so it's hard to tell Cat not to, although he did try. A couple other sneaky veterans to keep an eye on in terms of just, like, leadership either frontally or behind the scenes are Kyle Anderson, who they brought over mm, okay. and uh, Austin rivers, Austin rivers, I believe has played the most playoff games of yeah. any current Timberwolves. He's played like 60 playoff games. Okay. He's, I don't know that he's ever lived up to the hype of where he was drafted, but he's just been a, a rock solid rotation guy on a bunch of playoff teams. And so he's kind of, he's kind of been there. So there's actually uh Kyle and I did our, our, uh, our uh, leadership power rankings in the absence of both, uh, Pat Beverly and the leadership of Jared Vanderbilt on the court doing some of the dirty work. Mm-hmm. So that is a, that is a thing too. Like who kind of steps up? What what kind of a leader is Gobert going to be on this team? He's he's a veteran, but I don't know that he's ever been viewed as like the vocal leader of the Jazz the last few years. So who are those people that are going to kind of be able to get to Cat and say, "Hey, man, let's right tone it down, deep breath, deep breath. It's okay. Exactly. Stay focused. Be a cyborg." Be Kobe, be Tim Duncan. You know, KG was emotional, but, like, when it mattered, KG was not, like, flying off the handle committing dumb offensive fouls. He was dialed in and and ready to to go to work. And what's tough about that whole scenario is you don't want to strip the guy of of his passion. Like, passion's good. Being intense is good. 
but it also crosses with cat a line. So yeah. like, that's the thing is, cause you, you don't want to like, Oh, okay, man, everything's fine. Just calm down and play flatline. So that, that, that's where KG at times was brilliant. Right. Cause like he would be pissed off, but he would channel it the right way. How do you get cat to channel that? Yeah. And then number five, this is going to get Declan's ears to perk up because he was all over this guy before any of us were here on the show. What is Jaden McDaniel's upside? So he dropped 50 points in that Jamal Crawford pro-am a couple months back out actually like a mile down the street from me. And uh, if you've watched him in these preseason games, he's showing some handles that didn't exist in the last couple years where he's like, he's shaking, baking and spin moving his way to the rim and stuff. So, you know, at at worst, he's just a good rotational guy that can block some shots. He can get hands in passing lanes and be good in transition, maybe knock down some threes from different spots. But there's another intriguing level to his frame and his game that involves handles and getting to the rim and scoring at different levels and some of the dirty work stuff that he's been known for the last couple of years. So, so I am curious to see what Jaden McDaniels upside or just his next level looks like this year. Well, you know, he's a pretty positive defender and he's got this crazy length. And I think he's also bulked up a little bit. He was a, he was pretty skinny and thin when he got in the league. And now he's kind of put on an extra more, a, a more load of muscle. And, you know, last year he was, you know, becoming that quintessential three and D guy. So corner threes, he hit 49% of his corner threes last year. So is wow. there another gear to his uh, percent of, excuse me, 36%, but, but 49% attempted were his biggest chunk of yeah. corner three. So he, they, 36 is still very good. Very good, right? right? Good. So they made a concerted effort to make him get a corner threes because he can knock those down. Is there another level to that scoring game? Because I think his defense is going to be awesome. And with him and Gobert potentially on the court together, the Wolves actually might have a pretty solid defensive combo. But is there another offensive ceiling to his game? Yeah. Yeah, that's and and there's something there. And some of the, sometimes these guys too, like he was he was one of the best high school players in the country and then had a weird freshman year at Washington and so his stock went down, but it doesn't mean that that talent doesn't still exist. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what really happened in that Washington year, but there's still if you were to look at his stock as a player 3 years ago, you're kind of seeing why he was so highly touted coming out of high school. Uh per 36 minutes last season, 13 points, six rebounds, a couple assists, a block, a steal, and, uh, you know, 46% shooting from the field and 80% free throws. And this is as like a, a just a raw 21-year-old kid that's still trying to figure out what he is in the NBA. So, With all due respect to our guys, Darren Doogie-Wolfson, and even Dane Moore, I believe, I was mocked when I said Jade McDaniel should be in the rotation like the first five, six games two years ago. I said, I think you the words, they, I think the words they use were you have oh. a better chance of cracking the rotation right now than Jade McDaniel. So just saying. They all laughed. They all they laughed all at me. They all, laughed. they all mocked you. If you trust Conley, which I, I think we probably do, uh, he he could have gotten out of a lot of those draft picks that went to the Jazz if McDaniel's had been included in that trade. Yeah. So like there was a definite, there's a definite priority put on him that is substantial because those draft picks go way down as far as amount sent to the Jazz if McDaniel's goes to the Jazz. I so. had heard, and I don't. Some of this is inside. You know, I wouldn't say it's super ironclad, but I had heard that it was like. Two, it was the choice was either Jade McDaniels or two additional draft picks, and okay. they said we'd rather we love what we have here in Jade McDaniels. Kind of, we'll kind of figure out the contract situation okay. next year. We'd rather have him than the two, you know, 
13 year olds <laughs> that will Macadac be drafted bomb. in the future. That's a Macadac bomb right there, ladies and gentlemen. It is. That's right. There's Shams, there's Woj, and then there's old Macadac here. Macadac We're all kind of operating from in tandem. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. There's my Wolves packing order the five things I am most curious about going into the season that starts in a week. And we're going to be collectively here all over the winter sports scene. Hopefully they continue to make it interesting. But you guys have your Judd's Hockey Show. I got Flagger and Howells over here with Kyle. And uh, we're looking at probably multiple, I would say two episodes a week of each of those shows, in addition to our discussions here on Mackie and Judd every day. Yeah, and unlike the Wolves, the the Wild starts out with a gauntlet. Yeah. The Rangers on Tough Thursday, mm. Fiala and the Kings. Fiala. What what uh, I think they, they open the season with a four-game homestand, and I think it is three playoff teams from last year, and then Bruce Boudreau and the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. who almost made the playoffs. We got a gauntlet coming up. Rangers, the Kings, Avs, Canucks, all at home. And then you have to go to yeah. Boston too, like right after yeah. that. So yes, it's uh bring it on. Could be could be tough sledding. We'll see though. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it. Uh all right. That's a wrap here on Mackie and Judd today. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Find our other daily show, Purple Daily. And uh please click subscribe on our two YouTube channels, Score North and Purple Daily. We are making our way to fifty thousand subscribers here, hopefully before the end of the year. So thank you guys for helping us build this community of uh, of Sometimes suffering, but often hopeful Minnesota sports fans. 